All yours. <laughs> okay, so basically what we've got now is the court filings, and these are actually first provided to the Financial Times, but what we have seen in those is that several days prior to the collapse of FTX, one of the most senior people at FTX was already tipping off authorities in the Bahamas about possible misuse of funds. Mm. Uh, so this executive is someone called Ryan Salame, and essentially he was the former co-CEO at FTX Digital Markets. And basically he told regulators in the Bahamas on November 11, so two days before the insolvency proceedings actually started, that client access assets were being transferred to Alameda to cover financial losses there. Oh. And so on top of that, <laughs> Salame also alleged that only three people had the authority to, to authorise such a transaction, and that was Sam Bankman-Fried, the former head of engineering or executive Nishad Singh, and the FTX co-founder Gary Wang. Okay. Um, that's wow. a lot to unpack, really, um, of just how uh, how far they went to try to mask some of these account details in some ways. Yeah, and we're starting to get a lot more details coming through on that as well, the sort of ways that they were circumnavigating official protocols here. So essentially, Bloomberg's seen some internal documentation from FTX, and that focuses on uh, GitHub, which is essentially a sort of uh, repository where companies and software developers can use and, and store and share code. And so what we've seen from this documentation is that this GitHub account, which had the name of Nishad Singh, so the former executive uh, or engineering director, and it seems that he authored code to hide Alameda's ballooning liabilities. So this account had annotated code snippets, and these included certain phrases like career, KYC, BYD mm. expenses count, and that documentation, which was reviewed by Bloomberg, was later tied to a career expenses account. And this mm. was also something picked up by the CFTC in their lawsuit, and they're basically saying that that so-called Korean account uh, enjoyed the same privileges of Alameda's main account and sub-accounts, but was uh, also exempted from parts of FTX's risk management practices. And, you know, all these things do paint a fairly bad picture of the industry, right? So I'm, I'm wondering how that narrative sort of went into the discussions in the U.S. Senate, for example. And was this bad behavior by one someone, or was this the industry? Yeah, that's really the ongoing debate, especially with lawmakers, because, yeah, we did have that hearing in the Senate mm. on Wednesday. And there's really two different takes on this. So, for instance, we heard from the Senate Banking Committee chair, that's Sherrod Brown, yeah. and he basically said that... Uh, if we're going to learn from FTX's meltdown, then you really need to take a look at all of the conflicts of interest that can happen at these centralised exchanges that are carrying out multiple business functions. And so he says that maybe we need to think about giving more disclosures to, to customers, investors. They really understand how a token or a crypto platform is operating. Uh, so that could may, may be looking at existing regulations around banks or securities laws, for instance. But then on the flip side to that, you have others in the industry, including the top uh, Republican, for instance, Pat Toomey, on the banking committee. And he basically says, don't treat FTX as being something that's emblematic of the entire industry, mm. that is just a lone bad actor. And actually, there's a lot of promise in this sector.
Well, Empire Manufacturing is a big disappointment for those who were hoping for a rebound down 11 point, down to negative 11.2 from 4.5. Retail sales just coming in now for November down by six tenths of a percent. Uh, October revised up to a 1.3 percent gain, so a little bit better there. Uh, Retail sales X autos down negative two tenths of a percent and X autos and gas down negative two tenths of a percent. Uh, the uh, retail sales control group, just to round out the uh, trilogy here, down negative. 0.2%. However, that was revised lower for October to negative to a positive half a percent from a positive seven tenths of a percent. So retail sales coming in weak here. Uh, just a couple more numbers here today. Uh, initial jobless claims come in at 211,000, a major drop from the 230 the week before. Continuing claims are at one million six hundred seventy one thousand that's the same as the prior week now remember those are delayed a week from the initial claims we're still waiting for the Philly Fed numbers to come out but uh, while we're waiting for that we'll uh, take a look at uh, what's going on in retail sales as John uh, gives you the markets session lows Mike equities down by 1.2 percent on the S&P bizarre that we're having this conversation about recession and you might say well look at retail sales and I would say look at jobless claims 211,000 Tom we're having this conversation about recession in America with jobless claims at 211 and they're countable data and they're weekly and they're often and they're going to have to look at that I also know continuing claims pretty much flat with where we were uh, uh, last time. What I would suggest, John, is we go back to the heart of this and, you know, Mike can pick up on this if, if we want to stay on this or go to ECB where there's some real market action. But the bottom line is the new study of choice is service sector X this and X that. I'll let you decide. X whatever you what like. Xing out. That's how the story is. But there's tell. a new, you know, you have to have, if McKee's involved, you have to have a new measure involved. Yields just a little bit higher at the front end still on a two-year to 4.23. Looking at the 10-year, basically unchanged at 4.48. So you've got a little bit more curve inversion here. We're negative. I think, Lisa, let's call it negative 75. This is incredibly confusing data. I'm looking at this right now. And to your point, you can paint one story if you look at retail sales. You can you can uh, point to another if you look at the jobless claims. The big question is, is just how well. sticky this is. And Mike, before we get back to the ECB and, and that really a market moving statement, I'm curious from your perspective, is there a trend here in retail sales that suggests that consumers are flat on their backs and they're pushing back and they're not buying as much because of their uh, negative real wages? Well, in general, it looks like goods were <laughs> suffered during this. Now, the retail sales numbers only <clears throat> include one services industry, and that's uh, food services and drinking places, and that was up almost 1%. So people were spending on services. Now, the interesting thing about uh, retail sales is it's always heavily revised because it really only covers the first part of the month. So either we moved some 
holiday sales into October or people are delaying getting on with it and and getting their stuff uh, because we see uh, department stores uh, and uh, clothing stores down two-tenths, department stores down uh, 3%. So I don't know where people are going to get their Christmas presents from, but uh, even non-store retailers, which would include your Amazon. Some of us don't start our Christmas presents. Thanks for watching. I hope you got a lot from it. 